This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Shark finning is particularly damaging because about a quarter of the world's sharks today face the threats of extinction. The practice is simply not sustainable and it is inhumane. That was the voice of Federal Oceans and Fisheries Minister Jonathan Wilkinson speaking to reporters after the federal government uh, became, uh, Canada became the first G20 country in the world to ban the import and export of shark fins, of course, a key ingredient in shark fin soup. Uh, The government taking action here, a lot of environmentalists and animal rights activists very, very happy about that, including my next guest, Camille Labchuk. She is an animal rights lawyer. She's executive director of Animal Justice. I'm very pleased to welcome her back to the show. Hi, Camille. Hi, Mike. Good to be here. Thanks a lot for coming on. So let's talk about this this ban on shark fins. Your thoughts? Well, it's been a very long time coming, and I'm just delighted that we finally got to this day. I, I first got involved in the issue back in 2011 when Toronto banned shark fin products in the city of Toronto. That ban was overturned by the court later. Um, Then there was a bill back in 2013 to ban shark fins nationally that failed by only six votes. So it was so close and so heartbreaking. But sometimes these issues just take a little bit more time. And now we've finally seen uh, a lot of activity, members of all parties supporting it, and the government actually making sure that it got across the finish line before the end of the parliamentary session. Okay, what's the deal with shark fin soup anyway? Like, I've read that... You know, it's not it's not necessarily like a great tasting soup, but it might be more of like a status symbol that would be served at a, like an Asian uh, wedding or something like that. Is that true? That's right. So it doesn't have a strong flavor. It's flavored by other ingredients in the soup, but it does create sort of a gelatinous texture that's seen as a status symbol. So oftentimes at weddings or high-end banquets, it would be served and primarily in, in Chinese communities. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what's What's interesting about this is that it, as the sort of affluence of, of many Chinese communities in, in the country, in Hong Kong, and the diaspora around the world, as it increased in the late 2000s, so too did the prominence of shark fin soup. So it got to the point where shark finning was reaching sort of an apex at the end of the 2000s, and that's where we started to see films like Sharkwater come out to talk about why we need to make changes. Right, and shark finning is the practice of like catching a shark, cutting off its fin, and then just throwing the shark back in the ocean alive, right? I mean, people may have seen videos of this. It's absolutely disgusting. Oh, it's heartbreaking. It, yeah. it's, just, it's just totally brutal. They, they uh, starve at the bottom of the ocean. They can't swim. They can't feed themselves. They can't do anything. And it's uh, a really horrible way for any animal to die. And it's yeah. also decimating populations. Many shark populations are at risk of extinction. Yeah, because when you're uh, the shark finning practice, I mean, do they, would they target a particular species of shark or is like any shark will do or what? I think that they will go after a, a lot of different sharks with uh, with the market for finning. Yeah. And there's also heartbreaking footage out there of roofs that are covered in shark fins that are drying. They've been sliced mm. off the sharks already, and they're just, um, you know, hundreds of square meters full of shark fins just drying. And you think of the lives that that represents and how many sharks suffered and died for that, and it's a horrible thought. Okay, were, was this happening in Canadian waters, or is this primarily like shark fins that are brought into the country or or, with, or with, was there any shark finning going on in in can, Canadian waters? 
Well, shark finning has been banned in Canada since 1994, actually, which is positive. Uh, there is still a shark fishery, especially in BC. There's a dogfish shark fishery. They don't slice the fins off of sharks, so they're not supposed to, while they're still alive. So it's a little bit different, but they're, they're still targeting sharks. So that's uh, still a problem, I would say. But uh, the problem with just having a domestic shark finning ban, of course, is that imports and exports were still permitted. And Canada actually became the largest importer of shark fin outside of Asia up until the bill was passed. We were accepting, wow. um, I think it was 135,000 kilograms of shark fin last year with a value of over $3 million. So it's really important that we've shut off the trade. Wow. Okay. So that may be bigger than people think. Like, I think when people first hear about this, they might think it's a very kind of, I don't know, marginal kind of practice. But I don't know, some of the numbers I've looked at this morning show that it was actually pretty, pretty big trade. The numbers are pretty big. That's, that's right. And I think one positive thing about this is that it, the practice is on its way out, yeah. especially with the younger generation of uh, people, especially in the Chinese community. We've seen a lot of them driving the calls for change and campaigning against shark fin soup. So the Toronto shark fin ban, when it passed, was um, co-presented by Kristen Wong Tam, a Chinese-Canadian counsellor in Toronto. There's a, a, an amazing activist in the Vancouver area named Claudia Lee, who herself is Chinese, and learned about shark finning and dedicated her time and energy to, to fighting the ban. So it's a practice that's already on its way out, and now we've got a law making sure that that is the case. Okay, you mentioned uh, a documentary film called Shark Water uh, by a filmmaker named Rob Stewart, and a lot of people look at that film... Uh, this guy's a Canadian biologist and filmmaker who um, did this film about the plight of sharks ar- around the world. How much uh, impact do you think th- that film had? I think the film was frankly just instrumental in exposing to the world about shark finning. I, I had no idea about the practice before that film came out. A lot of other people didn't either. And he got just incredible footage showing how brutal the shark finning industry is, but also how amazing sharks are as animals. We have this perception that they're scary. People have seen jaws and they're terrified of sharks on that basis. But sharks are actually very, very uh, low risk to humans. They're, they're quite interesting, intelligent species, and they're often quite friendly to swim and dive with. So I think the benefit of that film was, A, sensitizing people to these amazing animals that sharks are, and B, showing them how brutal the industry is. But it's definitely been a huge driver behind all these political actions. Okay, speaking to Camille Labchuk, she's an uh, animal justice lawyer. Camille, the federal government also passing some new laws this week, cracking down on animal cruelty and bestiality. Are you, are you kidding me? Like, I, I'm, almost, I'm almost hesitant to ask you this question, but how, uh, how much of a problem is bestiality? Like, tell me this is not a big deal. Not a big problem. I wish we didn't have to talk about this. Mike. Yeah. It's Ugh. horrible to contemplate. Yeah. Um, really, the ick factor is there, and of course, yeah, it's just horrible. But oh. uh, three years ago this month, actually, a Supreme Court decision came out that said that most types of sexual abuse of animals are not illegal because our animal cruelty laws are so old and so outdated. So unfortunately, we were in this position where the federal government had to do something to close this really disturbing loophole. And it took them quite a while to get their act together. I I will say that, but they eventually did bring legislation forward last fall that closes the bestiality loophole and makes sure that all sexual abuse of animals is illegal. So that's a good move. Okay. This is not a big problem, though, is it? Please tell me it's not. Or do we even it's know? It's really difficult to know. This yeah. is the type of abuse that happens underground. Animals uh-huh. can't report abuse themselves. They yeah. they can't just call the police and say, I've been assaulted. So it's 
in practice, the only time it comes to light is if somebody makes a video or takes photographs and those uh, are discovered somehow. So it's, it's, we don't even know how prevalent it is. But what we do know is that there are significantly sized online communities dedicated to discussing these things, to trading animals, to doing all sorts of horrible stuff. Uh, so I think uh, we need more awareness around this for sure, and, and these laws are a good first step. Yeah, okay. Another one uh, of the law passed this week is legislation prohibiting promoting or profiting from fighting or baiting animals. Is this like dog fighting or this is another one I hope you're going to tell me this is not a big deal in our country? Oh, I wish I could say otherwise, really? but unfortunately it's happening. It's, it's Again, it's one of those issues that's underground. Most of us don't have any engagement with this, but there are underground dog fighting, cock fighting rings. Um, apparently there's in the lower mainland, in uh, BC especially, there's, there's cockfighting rings, people training these animals and shipping them abroad to other countries for fights. Uh, the, the BCSPCA testified at the Senate committee the other week about this and said that they're aware of two cockfighting facilities in the lower mainland that they've had a difficult time prosecuting because of the laws that were previously too weak. So I'm hopeful wow. that these new provisions are going to be a strong new tool. Camille, thank you for coming on. Always good to be here, Mike. Thank I, you. I appreciate it. That is Camille Labchuk. She is an animal rights lawyer. She is the executive director of Animal Justice.